You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. This morning, I want to continue to minister on the importance between Christ and the church, husbands and wives. And to recap quickly, we looked last week and saw that marriage is based upon a covenant and that the most binding commitment that you can make is a covenant or lasting relationships are based on a covenant. You need God to reveal to you the mystery of this covenant. In Ephesians 5, we see that this covenant between Christ and the church, husbands and wives, is called a mystery. Psalm 25, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear Him, and He will reveal His covenant to them. Family, you need revelation of God's covenant. The covenant that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ is a blood covenant. That's the most binding covenant where Christ's blood speaks for us of mercy, of forgiveness, of sanctification, of redemption. When you look at a covenant for a testament, the New Testament to be activated needs the death of somebody. Christ became our substitute. Christ became the sacrifice on the cross for us to enter into this new covenant. When Abraham asked God in Genesis 15 verse 8, he says, How can I be sure that you will give me what you've promised me? What is that certainty that I can have that you will do what you've said you will do, God? The Lord answered with a covenant. Genesis 15 verse 8. How shall I know? It says you will know because I'm going to make a covenant with you. Family, when you look at that covenant that God made with Abraham, how salvation, the blessings of Abraham, is based upon that covenant. God allowed Abraham to fall asleep if you read that whole portion because he knew that man would fail, that man wouldn't be able to keep his part. So he made the covenant with Abraham's seed, Jesus Christ. But yet still, the sacrifice was made. The burning torch was there. God moved in an eight, meaning symbolizing a prophetic action that places had been changed. Remember, that's why God came to Abram and he said, I'm laying hold of your son. I want you to sacrifice Isaac, your only son. And when Abram was prepared to do that, God said to him, now I can see that you fear me. You don't have to sacrifice your son, but I'm going to send my son as a sacrifice for you to be able to enjoy all the blessings all the goodness that I had planned for you from the beginning. We can apply this in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ and Christ and the church, but we can also apply this in our marriage covenant between husband and wife. Turn with me in your Bibles to Galatians 2 verse 20. The Bible says, For I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Family, we know that Jesus died for us on the cross. But we also are required to die. 
Paul wrote in verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. We pass through the sacrifice of Christ. I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. He's speaking to husbands. He says, I no longer live. The husband dies. Jesus died. We die. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Each lays down their lives. The husband lays down his life. The wife lays down their lives. In this marriage union, it's required of both to make sacrifices. The relationships that God honors are those with mutual trust, mutual commitment, mutual sacrifice. Each one lays down his life. That is the basis of Christian marriage. A lot of people enter into a marriage today to see what they can get out of it. But it's what you can put into it. There's no such thing as a, as a perfect marriage. But you can have a happy marriage. A fulfilled marriage. As each person lays down their lives. Being the least. It's where there's great fulfillment in that. Where we can demonstrate Christ's love to a dying world. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Genesis 2. And I want to show you here that marriage, the marriage union, originated in the mind of God. Marriage was from the beginning God's plan, not man's plan. Reading from verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Can you see it was God's plan from the beginning? God saw that man needed a helper. Man oftentimes thinks that he can do everything on his own, but marriage, the helper, originated in the mind of God. Let's look at verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. And Adam said, she is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Family, how wonderful this is. What we see here is what has become known as the universal law of marriage. Marriage originated in the mind of God. Woman is absolutely essential in God's plan. It is not good for man to be alone. She was to be a helper for him. A helper in every area of his life. When we read this, you can see God literally built her. He took her from his side, a rib, and formed her, made her. Listen to me, husbands. She is made out of your rib, your side, to walk next to you. Not out of your head so that she can sit on it. Not out of your feet so that you can stand on her. But she is next to you. We can see here that when Adam saw her the first time, he acknowledged and he said, She is bone of my bone. She is flesh of my flesh. This teaches us when he saw her, he recognized her 
as his equal. God even blessed them, gave them dominion. So from the beginning, they were to be a team to work together, a husband and a wife in unity, a husband and a wife in covenant with each other. Family, listen to me. God gave man instruction and he said, a man will leave his father and his mother. What was he saying? He was saying there's a mother and a father who is in covenant with each other. And the fruit of their love, the fruit of this covenant has produced a child. But that child now is to leave his father and his mother and to be joined to his wife. He is to enter into a new covenant with his wife so that they can have their own family. In certain cultures, it's almost demanded of the children to be more faithful to the parents than what it is to their spouse. That's not according to the word of God. The Bible says a man will leave his mother and his father and he will be joined to his wife. So many marriages face challenges because of the interference of the parents. You can go to your parents and ask them for wisdom, ask them for guidance, but at the end of the day, you're in covenant with your wife. You're in covenant with your husband. That attitude of Christ to lay down his life is very, very important for us as men even to understand. In Romans 5 verse 10, we see Christ laying down his life, reconciling himself to us, the church, when we wanted nothing to do with him, he reconciled himself to us. There's an attitude of Christ to reconcile us, to make sure that we are one with him. In Genesis, God said he will leave his mother and his father and he will be joined to his wife. Husbands, listen to me. One of your first responsibilities, protect the unity. They became one flesh. They should remain one. That is one of the most important responsibilities to protect the covenant, to protect the unity, is the responsibility placed upon the shoulders of the husband. It is easy when you are in covenant because then it's mutual strength, mutual commitment, mutual love. And you protect the unity each other's strength becoming your strength. Covenant brings hope. Covenant brings enduring unity. That's why we have to protect that covenant. In our cultures today, we see different things. Being more faithful to the parents than to the wife. That ought not to be. According to the word of God, you leave your mother and your father and you be joined to your wife. So let us go on now to look at the responsibilities of the husband and the responsibilities of the wife. This will also help us in our responsibilities as Christians 
towards God and towards the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians 5, verse 25, and we're going to spend quite a bit of time here. Ephesians 5, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. This is not a suggestion to men, but it's a commandment to love your wife. Colossians 3 verse 19 says, love your wives and do not become bitter towards them. So we can see here that this unselfish love of a husband is what God requires of us, giving us instruction not to become bitter towards our wives. Oftentimes when we have unfulfilled expectations of what our wives should do or should not do, it's the very thing that causes offense that leads to bitterness. God gives us instruction. He says, do not become bitter towards your wives. These are not options, but commandments given by the word. Self-giving love protects you from bitterness. Self-taking love is all about me. Everything Jesus did for his bride was for us, not for him. He laid down his life for us. We can only love our wives as husbands in the right way when we are born again. When we are born of love, his ability to love in us helps us now to love our wives in the correct way. This kind of love is what draws the world to the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about the Lord Jesus Christ. When we as the church don't love him the way that we should, Jesus continues to love us, to show kindness towards us, forgiveness towards us, mercy towards us. We as husbands should have that kind of a mindset towards our spouses, our wife. And you can only do that with the help of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is this kind of love that God has for the world. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave a love that gives of self. Family, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter 3, verse 7. Husbands, likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. The Passion Translation says, Husbands, you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness, viewing them as the feminine partners who deserves to be honored, for they are co-heirs with you of the divine grace of life, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. I like it. Feminine partners. When the Bible talks about the weaker vessel, it doesn't mean that she is weaker than you. Adam acknowledged that she's bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. She's the feminine partner. She's the finer porcelain. Here Peter is saying, he's saying your relationship with God depends far more on your relationship with your wife than what you realize. He says for you to have an open communication line with God, it is required of you to have an open communication line with your wife. Can you see how your relationship with the person that you in covenant with your wife here on earth 
affects your covenant with your maker in heaven. An open communication line with God is ensured with an open communication line that you have with your spouse. He says, dwell with them. Dwell with them. That means include them in everything that you do. Include them. Husbands, listen to me. You cannot have any areas in your life that says, husband only, wife, keep out. Then you're not including them. I'm not talking about the board meetings that you have at work and sensitive information that you are dealing with in the marketplace. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your life together in the covenant that you have with her. To make sure that the channel of communication with God is open, the husband must make sure that the channel of communication with his wife remains open. Only in this way can he truly love his wife as God intended and manifested his headship properly. Family, remember 1 Corinthians 11 teaches us that man is the head of woman. In this relationship, Adam has already acknowledged he's bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. But to protect the marriage union, one must take the lead and one must follow. It is here where the whole body starts to work together. Think about a natural body. Input from the whole body makes decisions, initiates action, and ongoing direction. We need each other working together in harmony. The same way the bride helps Jesus with a heavenly calling here on earth, working together, allowing his ability to become our ability, his strengths to become our strengths, and we're walking in harmony, in unity with each other. Jesus makes this easy for us. Any relationship, a marriage under the law, is horrible. It must be terrible to be in that kind of relationship. When a relationship is based upon the law, the law is perfect, but the law cannot help you. The law can just tell you what you are doing wrong. The law is that perfect husband that does nothing wrong, tells you the whole time what you do wrong, but can never help you to do it in the correct way. But Jesus, grace, it's a wonderful marriage. When you are married to grace, the Lord Jesus comes next to you, says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to show you how to do it in a better way. When you come to him and you say, sorry, Jesus, I've messed up, he is quick to forgive you and then to help you and to lead you by the Holy Spirit. Gentlemen, let's have a lot of grace with our spouses, because we need a lot of grace. Let's turn to 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own, and especially for those of his household, he has denied the faith, and is worse than an unbeliever. Family, husbands, listen to me. You need to take responsibility to provide for your family. I'm not just talking financially but in every other area as well. 
The Bible teaches us that you cannot demonstrate your faith out in the world. Loving people out there, caring for them, meeting needs, being good. But in your own household, you're not doing it. Says, take responsibility. Today, in many cases, wives are earning more than their husbands. Sometimes today, the, the wife is the breadwinner. But you, as the husband, can still provide for that family what you have to provide. You cannot be saving the world, but you're not saving your own family. You cannot be looking and providing and taking care of everybody out there but not taking responsibility for your family. Pastors, those that are pastors, ministering. You cannot be ministering for people out there the whole time, but you're not ministering to your own family. This is what the Bible says. One of the responsibilities of a husband is to wash his family with the word. Ephesians 5 verse 25, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. That's Jesus washing his church, but also fathers take the responsibility, husbands, to wash your family with the word. That doesn't mean women cannot minister. A matter of fact, many times today, the women have taken the responsibility to wash their families with the word more than the husbands. But Paul gives instruction by the Holy Spirit to husbands. Wash your family with the word of God. I want to commend mothers that are single. That is demonstrating the Jesus, the Christ to their children who do not have fathers. Washing their children with the word praying for them, teaching them Bible scriptures. I want to commend you. The same for fathers, those that are raising their children on their own. God bless you and may God multiply grace unto you to show to them what the wife should be to her husband, what Christ and the church should be to each other so that they would not run away from God. Ephesians 5 verse 29 says, To nourish and cherish your wife. Husbands, listen to me. You can never, ever be too kind to your wife. If you say, I'm only going to be this kind, you've placed yourself under the law. And when the law came, sin revived, and I died. On all the works of the flesh, you can place a law. But the fruits of the Spirit can never place a law. You can never say, I'm only supposed to be this kind to this person. Love this person this much. When you are being led by the Holy Spirit and you have the fruits of the Holy Spirit, let it manifest in the way that God intended it to manifest. You can never, never be too kind to your wife. I can hear that amen echoing. In the heavenlies, as wives say it, not to embarrass your husbands, but to encourage him and to agree with him. Well, now it's time for the husbands to echo their amens and the wives to echo their amens as I look at the role of the wife. Ephesians 5 verse 21. Submitting to one another in the fear of God, wives submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. What a wonderful passage. The Bible first gives instruction and says, submitting 
one to another in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate sin. So this is a couple, a husband and a wife, as Christ and the church in agreement hate sin. Hate sin. To walk in agreement and to help each other. What does it mean to submit one to another? Let's say as a father, as a husband, I have an offense towards you. I'm angry with you. If my wife comes to me and says, my husband, the word of God says you have to let go of that offense. As Christ has forgiven you, you have to forgive. I don't say, listen, I don't listen to you. I now submit to that word, my wife sharing it with me and say, you're 100% right. We have to submit one to another in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate sin. Now I'm submitting to the word of God that my wife has brought to me. She brings it in humility and sincerity of heart, helping me so that there can be change. Amen. The second part, it says, wives, submit to your own husbands. You should shout Amen. Because the word says, submit to your own husbands. Husbands, listen to me. This submission of a wife, number one, is a gift that she gives to you. And it's what makes her truly beautiful. 1 Peter 3 talks about the inner beauty of a woman. That submission, that gentle and a quiet spirit. And it has power to bring people to salvation. Number two, it says, submit to your own husbands, not to all of mankind. In the same way where certain cultures want to control children and marriages and demand that a son or a daughter should be more committed to the family, to the elders, than to their own covenant that they've entered in before God. In the same way, certain families think that a person's wife should submit to all the brothers and the uncles in that family, not according to the word of God. As husbands, your wife submit to you, and it's a gift that she gives to you. And that's what makes her truly beautiful on the inside. The Bible says when women submit and they demonstrate that love of Jesus. It has the power to bring people to salvation. This does not mean that the wife is by any means inferior to a husband. Remember, in the beginning, I've said it again. He said, she's bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. We know the New Testament says when somebody is in Christ, he's a new creation. That there's no difference between male and a female. A matter of fact, if your wife is more committed to God, she can be worshiping God in spirit and in truth, in humility and sincerity of heart. Better than what you are doing, even if you are the head of the home. That's why we embrace a Christ culture. We look at Jesus saying, Lord, help me that I can become more like you to show my family a more excellent way by the leading of the Holy Spirit. Can you see this marriage union? In this marriage union, one has to take the lead and one has to follow so this is the gift of a wife to protect that unity and to help the husband. 
Wife has to fulfill her responsibility for the husband to be able to fulfill his responsibility. Let me tell you something. My wife has a beautiful spirit. If you know her, she's kind, she's friendly. But I can assure you she's a strong woman. She helps me a lot. She supports me a lot. A lot of things that's happening in the church. It's my wife that makes me look good. And I can just say thank you, Jesus, for her. So a wife next to a husband helps him and supports him. Think about the head. Jesus Christ is the head. Here's the body. The body supports the head, upholds the head. The head cannot function on his own. We need the body. Men need support. We might look strong on the outside and we'll say we don't need support, but we need a lot of support. I want to encourage you wives. Don't discourage your husband. Encourage him. He needs it a lot. When I preach a sermon and it's not that good, my wife won't say, that's the worst sermon you've ever preached. She'll just say, you know, I've learned a lot from it. It might not be your best, but there were some golden nuggets in there that I found in it that really helped me. That's a wife supporting her husband. Wives, I want to encourage you. Intercede and pray for your husband. Intercede and pray for him that he would fulfill his calling. I want to say thank you to wives that's been interceding for us as husbands to fulfill our callings and our destinies. I want to encourage husbands as well. Pray for your wife. Intercede for your wife. Encourage your wife. Pray for your children. I want to just come and say thank you to single parents. What a tough job. I, I have to salute you for what you are doing because it's incredible. For me, with a wife supporting me, I find it difficult sometimes. And you are doing it on your own. God will help you and strengthen you and carry you and take you from where you are to where you want to be. Where God wants you to be so that you can fulfill his purpose in your life. The thing that makes Christianity different from all other religions is that we are born of love. When you are born again as a husband, as a wife, you can love your spouse in the correct way because you are born of love. Christ's ability to love has become your ability to love. We should meditate on love until our words and our actions are filled with love. Until it starts to overflow to others all around us. Love has the power to prevent sin. Love your children. Love your wife. Love your husband. Family, listen to me in the final analysis. It is the husband and wife who loves that changes their families and help our communities. Love is the only reason for being, the only thing that makes life rich. Heart is the life of man, but the life of the heart is love. It is the love of God that's been poured out into our hearts 
that gives us confidence. It's the love of God that's been poured out into our hearts that expel all shades of fear. When you love your spouse, your husband and your wife, it removes all insecurities. You fill their lives with love when you start to love them. You can do it. The Bible teaches us it's the love of God that compels us. The love of God that motivates us. Jesus loved us. That's why he was prepared to die for us, to lay down his life for us. It is because of a covenant that we can experience all this love of God in our lives. Family, with all this love and even in this covenant, there's a battle going on between flesh and the spirit, between selfishness and love, pride and humility, good works, evil deeds. Love and forgiveness. I want to encourage you to rely upon the love of God. When a husband is selfish and the wife seeks her own, the children in that home goes into the world handicapped. But when the husband loves and the wife loves and they demonstrate this love of Christ in their families, in their households, those children are filled with the love of God, having a confidence in knowing that they can run to God at any time. There's so many people battling with the relationship with God the Father because they never experienced the love of God the Father, the commitment of God the Father, this covenant of God the Father that does not give up. Don't give up on the love of God. Love is God's adhesive power that binds us together. Jesus' kind of love has never broken a home, never wrecked a life and turned anybody into a criminal. I want you to embrace this mystery of this love covenant that we have with God. When you embrace it, it will change your life. It will have an impact not only on you, but your spouse your children and the family all around you. Embrace this mystery and enjoy the covenant that you have with God. Enjoy the wife of your covenant. Enjoy this husband that you're in covenant with. It is this mystery, Christ and the church, husband and a wife. May God help us as husbands to be more like Jesus Christ, to show Jesus to our wives, to our children, to a dying world out there. May it be our wives or the church that starts to love Jesus even more. Our wives demonstrating and showing that honor so that it can have an impact upon our children. But most of all, it's this covenant that allows God's strength to become my strength. His ability to become my ability. And the more I protect that covenant, the more I will experience that. It is the husband over here, the wife over here with God at the top. The closer the two of them move towards God, the closer they are moving towards each other. And the Bible says it's a threefold cord. Man, wife, God that cannot be broken. May you experience the unity of this covenant. May you experience the strength of this covenant as you love each other more. May God fill us with his love 
until it overflows to others. Selah. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.